the passing away of Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu or the incident of Karbala as well as the fasts of Ashura and the Amal of Ashura etc. But at times we tend to forget that the month of Muharram signifies the Hijri calendar or the start of the Hijri calendar. Have you ever pondered over why the calendar is known as the Hijri calendar? For most of us the answer to it, the general answer to it would be that it is called the Hijri calendar because it begins on the year of the Hijrat of Rasulullah But how did it begin from that point? Because the custom of the Arab was, Arabs were, over the course of the years, they would utilize different significant stories or significant occasions to begin the calendar year. Initially, it was during the time, or they utilized the time of when Ibrahim was thrown into the fire. They utilized that as the beginning of their calendar year. Thereafter, when Ibrahim built the Kaaba, they utilized that significant occasion as a, as, as, as a landmark to begin the year. And so on and so forth until the coming of uh, coming closer to the time of Rasulullah The year, two years prior to the birth of Rasulullah which was known as Amul Fil. The year in which the camels, were, the, the elephants that were sent to destroy the, the Kaaba Musharrafa were destroyed. The famous incident, Alam That year was the last significant year until the 17th year of Hijrah as we know it today. The 17th year of Hijrah, this was during the time of Hazrat Umar anhu. That Umar now made mashwara with those Sahaba at that time. That this year which we begin our calendar from, it is continuously changing and it is causing a bit of confusion that you say first of Muharram of a certain year say for example 20th first of Muharram the which first of Muharram are you referring to which from which significant occasion are we starting so we need to choose a year for us as reciters of the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammad rasulullah that we will hold on to and this will be our, our, our considered as our calendar and this is what we will hold on to inshallah till the day of qiyamah so Sahaba radiallahu gave various rise, various opinions, but it was settled that the year of the Hijrat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that would be chosen as the year from when the Islamic calendar would begin. So after reading this or after hearing this, sometimes one would sit and think that this is such an important occasion from all the other occasions in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, from the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, from the the, the time that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was given nubuwat or from the time Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away there were so many other significant occasions that occurred 
during the lifetime of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that what was it that helped or that 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 made Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and the Sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhu at that time choose the hijrat of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and if you look at the history of Islam and if you look at the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam you will understand that prior to hijrah whilst people were accepting Islam but when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the Sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum when they made hijrat to Madinah Munawwara this changed the entire mannerism in which the muslims acted upon deen prior to hijrat they were oppressed they were mazloom it was difficult for them to read to read even salah to give adhan etc but all of this changed once they went to madina munawwara that and it became easier for dawah to take place for the invitation towards islam to take place and after the hijrat of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam there was now a base in which people could flock towards and they would come to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam some would come with the intention of accepting Islam there were others and this is the incident which i want wish to draw our attention towards that what was the environment in Madina Munawwara at the time when hijrat took place when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came into Madina Munawwara we know the very famous nasheed which according to most mufassirin was sung on the arrival of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to Madina Munawwara that tala al badru alina min thaniyatil waja wajab al shukr alina that so ecstatic most of the inhabitants of Madina Munawwara were they were so happy with the coming of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to Madina Munawwara to them prior to the coming of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Madina did not have a very good reputation with regards to its environment with regards to its atmosphere with regards to its air it was known as yatrib but the coming of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam changed madina to the point that it became Madi al madinatul munawwara the, the 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 enlightened city and so ecstatic they were that they could could not contain the happiness that they came out flocking some of them stood on the rooftop singing tala al badru alina min thaniyatil wajab al shukr alina that is wajib upon us it is incumbent upon us that we have to make shukar for the coming of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then there were others like abdullah bin salam who was not yet radiyallahu anhu at the time he was a very high standing jewish rabbi but he had within him that desire that i need to find some hidayat and because he had studied the jewish uh, scriptures so thoroughly he understood that Nabi Musa alayhi salatu wassalam or Nabi Isa alayhi salatu wassalam were not the final anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam that there was a final Nabi who was going to come and he had some description of the final Nabi who was it going to be so he went into the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his first impression of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he says when he looked at the face of or the countenance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he says araftu anna wajhahu laysa biwajhi kadha that the moment i looked at the mubarak face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam immediately i realized that this it is impossible for 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 a liar to have such a face that this is a face definitely that this is the face of a person who will speak the truth and then rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam seated seated in a gathering of the sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is addressing the sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum and these are one of the first words which hazrat abdullah bin salam radiyallahu anhu hears from rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam there is another narration in which he asked rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam a few questions as well in which he knew that only a nabi will have the answer to that but prior to that already his heart was made up after he heard the words 
that were coming out of the Mubarak mouth of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And what were the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? The advices of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to the Sahaba radiyallahu taalaanhu. This was in the early days that the Sahaba radiyallahu taalaanhu are now sitting in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They want to learn what is it that will make Medina more hospitable for those that will now be coming to Medina Munawwara to see this person who is claiming nubuwat. Then how will they be able to make Medina hospitable and make an impression on these people so that they will accept Islam? So what does Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam say? Ya ayyuhan nas afshus salam. This also we have to bring in ourselves. We have to make our environment, the, the, the environment around us, our homes, our businesses, our workplaces, our places where, where, wherever we have social gatherings, and most importantly our masajid. We have to make it a place that is hospitable. That when a person comes in, he feels welcome. He feels that this is a place where he belongs. And what is the first thing that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says? Afshus salam. That makes salam widespread. Not only to that person. And tukriu salam ala man arafta wa man lam tarif. That you make salam to that person who you know and to that person who you do not know. Imagine how beautiful deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is sunnah to make salam, but it is wajib to reply to the salam. And our greeting, the greeting of salam, is not any ordinary greeting. If you look, analyze all the other languages, that the meaning, the, the, the greeting that they have, does not carry much significance to it. If you look at English, which alhamdulillah most of us know, hello, one alim has even mentioned, not only does it not have any significance, but if you want to dig deeper into it, it begins with, with something very bad, hell. Jahannam. But it doesn't have any significance behind it. In Malawi, Jawa, Muribanji, if you look at the various other languages, if you look at Portuguese, como estás? These greetings, maybe it will ask some information, but it does not have the beauty that the greeting of Islam has. That As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. One is that it makes a person feel easy at heart. That peace be upon you. That you are now free from any harm coming from me. That the moment you greet a person with this greeting, automatically it signifies that now you are free from any harm that would have come from me. وَرَحْمَتُ wa barakatuh. That may the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon you. And may the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon you. How beautiful is this greeting that it is a dua for that person. That is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged salam not only amongst ourselves. When you enter the home, enter the home with salam. When you leave the home, leave the home with salam. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum would act upon this command of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the point that if they are walking and something had to come in between the two of them and they would separate momentarily, when they would reunite again, they would make salam to one. In our times, we can act upon this sunnah of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, this instruction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that when we, there are two people walking, for example, towards a vehicle, one person will jump into the passenger side, one person will jump into the driver's side. For that more short moment, you will, you, you will, you will, you will be uh, uh, separated from one another. You will reunite in the vehicle. Make salam. When, you are, when we begin our greeting, our, our business dealings, oh, begin with salam. When we enter our homes, begin with salam. So we'll all make this intention, inshallah, that from today, we'll make salam widespread. And tuqri'u salam ala man arafta wa man lam ta'rif. Not only to make salam to those who you know, but also to those who you don't know. As long as you identify that person as your Muslim brother, make salam. Especially a lot of times you will find that a person will come into the masjid unsure of himself. Is this the place that he needs to come? Does he 
is he's looking for something. He may not be a Muslim, but when you greet that person, you make him feel welcome. Inshallah, it will be a means of that person's hidayat. So that was the first advice from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. That afshus salam. The second advice is at'imut ta'am. That feed the people. The Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they had that quality within them. More specifically, the Ansar of Medina. That even when they barely had anything, they were ready to give them. Give it. Quran describes the, the situation. This ayah, they give preference to, to, they give preference to others over themselves. Even they themselves are in dire straits. The famous incident of the Sahabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu, just for us to, most of us would be aware of this incident, but just for us to remind ourselves to what extent Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu made amal <coughs> upon the commandments of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once someone came out from out of Medina to the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not have anything in his home to feed this guest that came. So Rabbi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Azwaj Mutahharat, does anyone have anything to feed the guest of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? No one had. So one of the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, he stood up and he said, that I've got something. Anyone here today, being a Friday, most probably the doll and rice is being cooked at home. But still, if I ha we have to say that who is ready to take a guest home, 99% of us would now have to phone home first and check, you know, can, can I bring a guest home? Is the food enough? And if we have to come home, even without, inf even if we know that the food, there is food at home, but if you have to bring a guest home without sending a message home that I'm coming with a guest, what is going to happen to us? So the Sahaba without even checking, with the possibility of there being no food at home was great. He takes this Sahabi anhu home. He asks his wife, is there anything to eat at home? The sahaba, his wife replies that he's barely for us to eat. So he tells his wife, put the children to sleep. And they feed the guest. He tells his wife that you switch off the lamp so that the guest does not see that there is no food. And they feed the guests, and they themselves also go to sleep hungry. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings down wahi at that time. That they give preference to others over themselves, even they themselves are in dire poverty, in dire straits. In other occasions, Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala, whilst they were out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is something which we perhaps can make amal upon, that now food was running short, Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala who are even asking permission to now slaughter the conveyances that they had with them so that they may eat. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives the advice wahid yakfi ifnain, wa wahid yakfi that the food of one person should suffice for two. The food of two people should suffice for three. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala made amal on that. The person who had food belly for himself, he shared it with somebody else. It became sufficient for those two people. This was the desire of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِذَا طَبَخْتَ مَرَقَةً فَأَكْثِرْ مَعَهَا وَتَعَاهَدْ that whenever you are cooking any food, especially if you are cooking some gravy, then increase its water, add a little extra water and consider your neighbor. Through this, brotherhood is created. Love, muhabbat is created. And thereafter, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the third advice from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala. Again, understand at which juncture was these advices given to Rasulullah, given to the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala. It was in the early days of Hijrat. Something for us, to hold on to, to make people feel welcome. So the first two we will, Alhamdulillah, we will understand that afshus salam wa ta'am. Then the third advice from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wasallu bil wa nasuniyam. That read salah at night whilst everyone is sleeping. It's not, not refer to the faras salah. That faras salah we have to read on time. On time with jamaat in the masjid inshallah. This is over and above that. That what link does this have with it? If you look 
at the history of Wahi and the history of Nubuwat. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first ayat that were revealed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was Iqra. Alhamdulillah, most of us are aware of that. that the first ayat came, Jibreel alayhi wa came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khala. After a while, there was a period which is known as Fatratul Wahi. That Jibreel alayhi wa did not come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for a period of time to allow what had occurred to set into Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thereafter, the first few ayat to be revealed was Ya ayyuhal muddathir and Ya ayyuhal muzzammil. And in Ya ayyuhal muzzammil, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instruct Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Ya ayyuhal muzzammil, qumil layla illa qalila, nisfahu awin qusminhu qalila, aw zid alayhi wa rattilil qur'ana tartila. That, oh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, referring to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as muzzammil, the one who covers himself in cloth. That stand the night, stand the entire night except for a small portion of it. Nisfahu awin kusmin huqalila, half the night, or maybe even lesser than that. Or zid alayhi wa rattilil qur'ana tartila, or even more than half the night. Riwayat of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum would bear witness to the lengthy rakats of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One Sahabi says that he went into the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he stood right next to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in nafil salah, assuming that he would be able to get a few rakats with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam finished surah Baqarah, he assumed that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would go to ruku. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam started with the Ali Imran. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam finished Ali Imran, he assumed that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would go into ruku. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam began with surah. So lengthy were the rakats of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that even some Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala who could not keep up with the rakats of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was a commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the inception of Nubuwat, why to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna nashi'atan laylihi ashaddu wat'aw wa aqwa muqila. That that person who spends the night awake, he has a stronger speech, a stronger connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is the effort that we do during the day. But at night, whilst the people are sleeping, وَصَلُّوا بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ نِيَامُ one is there is more sincerity in it. While if you have to do your nafil salah during the day when people are awake, then there is a concern that you will come into you that see the people are seeing now that I'm reading salah for so long and that now people will think I'm a buzruk or people will know I'm a buzruk and they will start pressing my feet and, and making my khidmat. But when everyone is asleep, one is there is no distractions as well. That there is no children that will come and talk to you or no business calls will come in. But it is just you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is during this time my dear brothers, that the solution to every single problem is, is found. That when you are standing in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the most powerful weapon that a believer possesses. That time at the time of tahajjud, when you have that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what problem we are faced with, the solution is found at that time. Person is going through some economical difficulty. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sustenance comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abundance of risk is from Allah. Lack of risk is also from Allah. Turn to Allah at that time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove that difficulty. A person may be going through some social problem. Perhaps with his wife, perhaps with his parents, brother, children. Children are not responding. Or children are not listening. Wife is, is uh, husband and wife are having some issues. Brothers are having some fights. Or you may have displeased your, your parents in some way. Again, hearts are in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At that time, وَصَلُّوا بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ نِيَامُ While everyone is sleeping, 
We turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time. Wallahi, there is no force that can withstand the time or what, whatever comes through at that time. We do not understand what a, what a powerful tool Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. The power of dua, the power of connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Act upon this. Utilize this tool that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Sometimes a person might feel that I've now lived 40, 50 years of my life. I have not turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time. How can I do it now? Understand my dear brothers that the longer we delay, the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting in anticipation for us. Metaphorically, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting with open arms every night. That where are my servants, those reciters of Kalima La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, waiting for us to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Waiting for us to lift our hands towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting for the sinners of the day to turn to him. And every day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting for the sinners of the night to turn to him. This phenomenon will carry on day in day out until the sun, run, <coughs> until the sun rises from the east. Meaning Qiyamah has started. It is never too late. Not only is it never too late, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes more happy. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Lallahu afrahu bitubatil abd bi ahad wajada dhalatahu bi ardi falat. O kama qala alayhi salatu wa salam. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more happy when that sinner turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than that person who is in an isolated land, isolated desert. And he got off his conveyance for a short while and his conveyance bolted with all his provisions, his water, his food. The only thing he's left with is the food, on, is, is the clothes on his back. So he settles down, despondent, that there is no hope for me, that I, it's impossible for me to survive. There are no tools, there's no water, there's no nourishment, there's no shelter. And he closes his eyes and he wakes up and he finds his, his animal, his conveyance, laden with its provisions in front of him. The ecstasy that that person goes through at that time, he gets up and he says, that Allahumma anta abdi wa ana rabbuk. He says, oh Allah, you are my slave and I am your rabb. He made an error out of ecstasy, out of joy. He even forgot what he was saying. So happy was this person. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that when a sinner turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expresses more joy than that person who found his confidence. So we should not feel ashamed that perhaps we have not read our tajjud salah, we have not turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before at that time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting for us. Utilize this tool that has been given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that has been encouraged by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam concludes the hadith that tadukhulu al-jannata bi salam. You act upon these advices by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then you will enter jannah with salamat, with safety. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq of acting upon this and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all entry into jannah with salamat. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. Ashhad an la ilaha illallah. Ashhad an la ilaha illallah. Ashhad an Muhammad Rasulullah. Ashhad an Muhammad Rasulullah. Hayya nasanan. 
حيانا صانان حيانا الفانا حيانا الفانا الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا المصطفى الذي أرسل إلى الناس بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحدوا الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن سنة تهديل الإطاعة ومن طاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم البدعة فإن البدعة تهديل المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين وقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها المزمل قم الليل إلا قليلا نصفه أو انقص منه قليلا أو زد عليه ورتل القرآن ترتيلا إنا سنلقي عليك قولا ثقيلا إن ناشئة الليل هي أشد وطأ وأقوى مقيلا بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قول هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعص الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشهدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأستقهم حيان عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدة شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى عنه اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطلة لا تغادر ذنبا رضي الله تعالى عنهما وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم واهد من خذل دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربناتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله
ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون قال الله تعالى فاذكروني اذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون سيدنا سافس كان ينشد الدهين زي لاين بليس لا سالفون زي جرات لي فيني جابس فشيطان الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزالها وأخرجت الأرض أثقالها وقال الإنسان ما لها يومئذ تحدث أخبارها بأن ربك أوحى لها يومئذ يصدر الناس واشتاتا ليروا أعمالهم فمن يعمل مثقال ذرة خيرا يرم ومن يعمل مثقال ذرة شرا يرم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفر إنه كان توابا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله استغفر الله الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم اشرح صدورنا للإسلام وحبب لنا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره لنا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسلك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من ونعوذ بك من غضبك وسخطك وغضبك والنار اللهم إنا نسلك الجنة وما قرب إليها من قول وعمل ونعوذ بك من النار وما قرب إليها من قول وعمل اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن 
ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال ونعوذ بك من البلاء والوباء يا رب العالمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا وارحم موتانا يا رب العالمين رب ارحمهما كما ربيانا صغارا اللهم إنا نسلك من كل خير ما سألك منه عبدك ونبيك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه عبدك ونبيك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم مولاي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله